They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. This is They're Coming to Get You. My name is Brent Terhune. My name is Gavin Eddings, and I just want to let Brent know that a mother is a boy's best friend. I can smell your mother. God, no, we can't do that again. <laughs> uh, no, no, we cannot just... No, we did. Science of the Lambs was last week. It's over. And while a mother may be a boy's best friend, the best friend of this podcast is our wonderful Patreon subscribers, of which we are now up to 21, or as I call it, it's a blackjack of subscribers. Michael Myers was 21. <laughs> the blackest eyes. The, <laughs> the, the darkest patrons. Oh, <laughs> what? I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, don't. I don't know. Shout out the... to our minority. No. <laughs> Shout out to the darkest patrons. What up? <laughs> also, the lighter ones, too. We, and the we're lighter all ones. fans of you. So. Uh, we do have two new Patreon subscribers. want to give a shout out to Ness1068, who also came by and gave me a super chat on one of my Gavin Loves Horror live streams playing nice. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. So thank you, Ness1068. And we got somebody, uh, Unregistered Waste is one of our Patreon subscribers. Thank you for joining at the $5 Nut and Run tier. And thank you, Ness1068, for subscribing at the $8. Thanks for bringing him up tier. Also, uh, over the weekend, did did we not meet separately uh, a listener of this show, Gavin? We did, but I don't know if he gives us money or not, so I don't know if I want to get... No. So we can't say Brandon? I no. think his name's Brandon, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Hey, uh, yeah, we were at Horror Hound over the weekend se- separately. Different and, nights, uh, not together. Yeah. We we ha- we were on a little break. <laughs> we weren't dating. <laughs> So I, I hooked up with uh, old Eddie Munster himself. <laughs> Butch Patrick. Butch Patrick <laughs> and his Dragula. No, but uh, yeah, we were at Horror Hound, and uh, it's good to good to meet people out in public, and thanks for listening. Uh, and if you want to be a freeloading cuck, as we say on the Cafeteria <laughs> Podcast, that's fine. But thanks for supporting us over on Patreon as well, because you're going to get some bonus episodes that you're not going to hear on the free feed. Yeah, I do want to uh, give a special shout-out to Brandon, because I walked into Horror Hound, the doors just opened, and he's like, Hey, Gavin, what's going on? I was like, what? He's like, love the podcast. And I was like, Holy shit, it's going to be like this all day. People recognizing your boy for his <laughs> podcast or his horror YouTube, and then nobody else did. Brandon, I love you. You are absolutely wonderful to meet, but you set the bar too high for my day, my <laughs> friend, because nobody else cared. But Brandon was super nice, and it was really cool to like have somebody like care about this thing we do. So thank mm-hmm. you, Brandon. You thought it was going to be all weekend. Oh, my God, it's Gavin Eddings. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Lecter. (laughs) Dr. Lecter. I will say, though, uh, meeting Brandon was wonderful, but I did have another another awkward interaction with a celebrity at Horror Hound. I'm not going to say who it was. I'm not going to name names. Butch Patrick. It was Butch Patrick. He's like, (laughs) Dr. Lecter. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gee, Dr. Lecter. <laughs> but so I've, I've talked on the podcast before about how I always find myself behind somebody who is a little odd, and I have to live in the awkwardness of their interaction while I'm doing mine. Secondhand awkwardness. Yes. Yeah, so there was somebody in front of me meeting a an a very beautiful actress. Mm-hmm. We'll say that. Skeet. 
Skeet, Skeet all. Don't say the last name. (laughs) (laughs) No, a very beautiful actress. And I don't know what was going on, but he's in front of me. And then I see the handler go up and like whisper in her ear something. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, okay. And then she's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. So So we're going to take a photo, okay, okay. We're going to do it side by side, which is code for... I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I could not smell him if he smelled like pee, poo, or jism. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he had a heart, uh, an erection. Do you, what do you think he smelled like, Gavin? <laughs> Stop it. But okay. I do, But then, so, and so if you hear an actress say, we're going to do side by side, it means like, don't put your arm around me. Please don't touch me or whatever. So then she... So like it's so nice meeting you and like shook his hand and then immediately purelled herself, and oh, I okay. and I was like, hi, nice to meet you. Hi, yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be in this. I don't. I don't want to be the next one to go after this. Can somebody else yeah. go in front of me to kind of? I, I need a buffer for this interaction. I didn't realize that was the the code is side by side. Bra- Brandon, why did you ask to get a side by side picture with me? <laughs> That's, that's messed up, dog. <laughs> he was uh, he went full hand down my pants for my photo. <laughs> I requested it, and he he obliged. I was like, "You ain't a Patreon yeah. subscriber. You're putting the hand down the pants." <laughs> what what tier is that? <laughs> hand that, down the pants tier. That's the we 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 said already. It's it's the mandatory meat show tier. <laughs> the midnight meat train. Yeah, but thank you, Brandon, and thank you for that person in front of me who smelled like probably pee to make my interaction super awkward. Oh yeah, a little side by side action. And I want to congratulate you, Brent, on your viral TikTok song about eating fudge rounds. So I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah, because uh, fudge rounds come in a bag. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so Oliver Anthony, uh, everybody, Brent Tierhune's <laughs> alter ego. What are we talking about today, Gavin? We are talking about, it's an old movie, movie I kind of struggled to get through, ain't gonna lie to you, we're talking about 1960s classic from one of the masters of horror, if not the master of horror, Alfred Hitchcock, we're talking about Psycho. Uh, can I say that I just pulled up the Wikipedia right here, and it was a budget of 806000 and it ended up making $50 million. And this is 1960s money. So I'm, I'm on the, the little translator here on Google, and $50 million in 1960 is roughly $82 kajillion in uh, <laughs> 2023. So You can buy a small African country for $82 good, for, for, for the amount of money that Psycho made. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, uh, I've, I'm, I'm tucked back still from last week <laughs> talking about Silence of the Lambs, but we're continuing our Ed Gein-a-thon. Yeah. Uh, because we, we've already covered Texas Chainsaw Massacre last week. We just did Silence of the Lambs and we said, why not? Let's talk about Psycho. Is this the oldest movie we've talked about on this, I on believe, this program? I believe so. I think before it was maybe the Munsters, but I think yeah. that was a little bit later. Uh, but this is definitely, I believe, it's it's an old one for sure. Um, of course, Ed Gein, I don't know if you know, was called The Butcher of Plainfield. Uh, no, I never heard that. Not he, once. He, um, very famous serial killer. A little under, little, uh, little bit of a cult classic, really kind of inspired just a few horror movies. But Butcher mm-hmm. of Plainfield, what they called him. 
Uh, I did. Uh, I was doing the dishes earlier because I like to stay humble and domesticated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just typed in Psycho on my uh, podcast app just to do some research while I was, you know, double dipping. I'm doing, I like to listen to podcasts and stuff when I'm doing stuff around the house. So I said, why not do some more research? Something I found that is a good, oh, I started playing. Uh, it's called uh, Inside Psycho. It's from Wondery. Uh, if you after you listen to this and give us a five star review, you can go listen to the Inside Psycho uh, thing on on Wondery. What on are you your doing right now? App. Why are you Wondery doesn't Plugging? need our Wondery doesn't need our plug. They're fine. I'm just saying it was a good, Leave a good alone. podcast. They're so fine. Far. They're very short episodes. <laughs> They're fine. But they want they don't tell it like it is. Like <laughs> yeah, we we, do. Tell, we ain't afraid of the media. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then also I watched on. Uh, amc plus the psycho documentary oh okay uh and it was called uh 80 it's all about the shower scene oh okay so it's a 90 minute movie about the same length as the the actual movie itself <laughs> just uh, about the shower I, scene just about the shower scene there's more to it than that uh obviously talking about the uh, the movie in general, but it focuses very. I watched that before I rewatched Psycho, mm-hmm. and I th- I thought that that shower scene was much longer because it was a ninety minute documentary, and then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty short, and given see, that it was a whole documentary on it. I didn't have time to watch a whole documentary, but I did listen to the Ice Nine Kill song, the shower scene, which is about this, and I feel like I got the, I got the same amount out of it as you did that that documentary. Well, let's let's uh, assess that at the end of this program, shall we? Yeah, we should. Okay, so what was your first interaction with this 1960s absolute classic film? It was probably not even this movie, but we all in the documentary that's the 7852 or whatever I said, and and just in life in general, if somebody comes at you with a fake knife, going to they're going to chop you up, and that, what are they? What noise do they make, Gavin? <coughs> They talk about that in the documentary, and that's true. It's like there are people that have never seen Jaws, and they will say "dun dun dun." Like there, this is a movie that you can kind of see without actually seeing the whole movie via parody, yes, and stuff like that. This is just such an iconic movie. Um, but I probably, you know, within the past ten years, saw it for the first time. You always hear about it, and then you actually watch the. Uh, the the OG version. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was in the past ten years when I watched it. I think I watched this for the first time, honestly, two years ago. Okay, um, I picked it up on Blu-ray because every Halloween, Target, Best Buy, Walmart has like the best horror movies to buy, and they put like a slipcover, and I was like, oh, Psycho's for ten dollars. I've never seen Psycho. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. I bought it, and I watched it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. I, I, mm-hmm. I knew the twist. Everybody knows the twist at this point. Everybody knows it's going down. The the shower scene. The the we all go a little mad sometimes. Mother. 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 <laughs> but I was like, this is okay. But it is very, very old timey. Yeah, I think if 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 old timey movies aren't your thing, especially if black and white is not your thing. Maybe this movie is not going to be your thing, especially when you this is the OG. But then sometimes you see what's been replicated over the years and perfected and done better and sped up to fit our modern culture. And then you go and look back and you're like, it's how I when I watched Night of the Living Dead for the first time. 
it was I was kind of underwhelmed because I'm like, this is the movie that everybody talks about. But when you see it for the first time, you see the tropes that are there that have become tropes later in horror or any genre, you know. But uh, I, if if this isn't like a movie that people love, I understand because it's almost two hours, you know. It is, and there's a lot of stuff in here where a lot of times where I was like. I don't need to pay attention. I can be on TikTok while this scene plays out because I know there's like a 10 minute scene of him just like dumping a car in a swamp. And I was like, did we Mm -hmm. have to show him pushing the car into the swamp and cleaning everything up? That felt like it was very dragged out. This is a movie where you really have to pay attention or you, you don't. I was a little, I always forget. I always think this movie is something different than it is. So I watched it for the first time two years ago and I, no, like, like I said, the shower scene, the ending, and the and those kind of beats. But I forget how we get to those parts of the movie. Yeah, well, it it, it starts off with uh, Janet Lee stealing forty G's. Yeah, forty G, which I did the calculations. That is only thirty nine bajillion dollars. I actually did it, and it's about four hundred thirteen thousand dollars. That's a that's some good change. Back in the day. So let's let's pose the question. You work at this mortgage company or whatever. I love back in the day that this drunk guy can wander into this place, buy a house, and give it to his daughter the next day on her wedding day. When nowadays, buying a house is a, it's a months-long process. But yes. this guy's like, here, take this $40,000, you know? Well, yeah, buying a house now. Most of our podcast listeners will never own a house, and we're, and we're sorry. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just the way it is. Sorry, y'all are broke bitches. <laughs> you ain't got 40 G in a trunk, <laughs> but that's also very, very like, can you deposit this $40,000 to the bank for us, please? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'd trust most people nowadays to do that, let alone back in the day. I mean, like, you know, just a, just a suitcase full of money, the perfect way to transport large amounts of money or steal mm-hmm. it. Uh, when I worked at Arby's, I sometimes would drop the deposit off at at the bank. Was it forty thousand dollars at Arby's? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, we made that's like four beef and cheddars. <laughs> uh, but the 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 bag they gave me to take to the bank was literally like a brown, like it did, had everything but the goddamn money sign on it. I was like, how cliche is this? That it's clear that I've got money on me. Were you wearing a black and white striped shirt and a bandit mask as well, like you were robbing a home in The Sims? Yeah, or I was dressed like Snake from The Simpsons. <laughs> All right. Oh, pre- it takes premium, dude. A car. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like so she she runs off with the money because actually, and we start off with she's in some kind of romance with a a divorce man, and he's yeah. still paying alimony. Yeah. I love that this movie, even in 1960, this uh, the character is Sam Loomis. Yeah, uh, huh? Yeah, what? Yeah, have you have you heard about these? Have have you heard this name before, guys? Have you seen those eyes? The darkest eyes, the blackest <laughs> eyes. Sam Loomis, played by John Gavin. What a good last name that guy has. Uh, pretty shitty. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, of course, you've got Marion Craig, played by. Um, Janet Tierhune, shittier name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Janet Lee. But no, you've got Sam Loomis and Marion Crane. They're having an affair. I love that even in the 60s, he's like, oh, I've got this fucking debt. I'm paying my old, the old ball and chain still. And mm-hmm. I've got Navian after me and Sally May. <laughs> Sally May. And uh, they didn't even have student loans back then. You pay, you give you $1.50, you got a college education right there. <laughs> and and yeah, the, they taught the broads it. how to type. <laughs> 
I just finished Mad Men. I know what's going on. <laughs> Listen, Peggy, I was like, the worst part of that show for me was just how quickly Peggy advanced up the corporate ladder. I was like, keep her uh, in the keep her in the secretary pool. Yeah. So do something. God forbid a woman take my job. <laughs> Don't I'd like have to it. get one first. <laughs> <laughs> uh but and yeah, it's uh in that documentary too, it's like that we we go through the window at the very beginning of the movie, and it's like we're watching everything from uh, the fly on the wall, which we circle back to later mm-hmm. when and when uh, mother uh, mother's voice says, "I wouldn't even hurt a fly on the wall." Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene when she's getting dressed, and in the background is the shower head. I wouldn't have put that together had I watched the documentary. But uh, my favorite thing about this movie is when you watch old movies and you see a woman in her brassiere, mm. and it's v- the most pointy thing you've ever seen in your life. Could cut glass, take an eye out. I, I might make my pants pointy. I'll say that. <laughs> it's a, it's the pants tin. It's it's the pleats on the pants. <laughs> it's the pleat. But I I just you can always tell a an old movie when it's the pointiest boobs imaginable. Mm. You know how women just have the pointiest boobs. It's the blackest I, boobs. I hear uh, Aaron Markey commented on our uh, one one of our Patreon subscribers commented that she loved that I mansplained women's clothing <laughs> in the Science of the Lambs episode. So right now I'm going to mansplain uh, women's pointy breasts. Um, <laughs> people think Madonna invented it, but no, they've had pointy breasts for several thousands years, several thousands yep. of years now. Ski slopes is what they call them. That's the type <laughs> of breast, <laughs> like a good slope on a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so pretty quick she wants to go be with sam loomis and and her way out is to steal forty thousand dollars and uh right now on on the, our social media or at least mine gavin uh, i i had the idea why not cut the scene when she is sitting at the stoplight and sees her boss walking by why not intercut that with uh ving rames from uh, <laughs> uh pulp fiction <laughs> So that's on the social media because it just there it's one of an I- iconic scene in a movie when Ving Rhames sees Bruce Willis there at the stoplight and he just says motherfucker. <laughs> this so mo- yeah, this that's a, it's a very good. It made me laugh quite a bit. Do you want to talk about the trailer first or get to the trailer? Yeah, because I sent I said I texted you. I said watch the trailer because I I had seen a long time ago and I wanted to revisit it. But if you've never seen the Psycho trailer, I, and I don't watch a lot of old movie trailers, so this might have been what everybody does, but everybody knew Hitchcock back in the day, after having his show and making so many movies, that uh, it's just him walking around the set of Psycho. And essentially, there are just spoilers throughout this whole trailer. <laughs> uh, of course, you know that after you've seen the movie, but he's walking around saying, right here, at the bottom of the steps, he was so mangled. And really, the body wasn't mangled at all. <laughs> but it's a really interesting trailer for a celebrity director to walk around and just give you spoilers of his own movie. I I even sent you a text because I was like, well, the only classic trailer that's on YouTube, it's by uh, it was on the classic trailers by Rotten Tomatoes channel. I was like, um, is, is the trailer... <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock walking around pointing at shit for six minutes, and you're like, "That's the one." Yeah, you, you I found just, it. I just like he's he's funny. He's a funny guy. It's a funny trailer, and I just like him 
essentially giving the tour of the movie set. I just like that. I don't know how you felt about it. This is the shower. There was so much blood. So much yeah. blood in the shower. And you're like, okay. And then he's like, and now. And then, he, then he pulls the curtain back and then it's like, psycho. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, there's the trailer part. I get it now. Yeah, and I wonder, like, back in the... Now we get 20 minutes of trailers. This was almost half of 20 minutes, like, so long. <laughs> They're like, well, we can't show any more trailers, so you're getting just the Psycho trailer. Yeah, well, on on that uh, that pod, the Wondery podcast that you said sucks. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, why are we plugging Wondery? Why are we plugging Wondery? You're like, have you ever they... heard of... Have you heard of Lore? Have you heard of Aaron Mankey? Let's talk <laughs> about Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. They were... Uh, like there's a story of of Hitchcock on set and the the star of the movie a woman was like uh she asked him what what's my best profile what's my side my right or my left what's my best profile and he said my dear you're sitting on your best profile oh them cheeks i uh, i miss when you could tell a woman that her best feature was dad ass well he loved his blondes cuz if you look at most of his movies there's a blonde in it do you think Alfred Hitchcock fucked? Oh, for sure. Or at least he tried. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd probably give you a narration of everywhere that he fucked. <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> Where did I put it? Near her. <laughs> the labia menorah. The majora. The Hanukkah menorah. <laughs> there was another... Uh, Thing, his dad gave him a note and told him to go take it to the police uh, when he was a kid. And he went to the, the police station and handed him the note. And uh, so the, the cop took him to one of the jail cells and put him in there and says, this is what we do to bad little boys. So then later, Hitchcock was asked what he wanted on his tombstone. And he said, this is what we do to bad little boys. Is that what's on his tombstone? I don't know if that's true, like that if that's on his tombstone. But isn't that a funny thing to put on a tombstone? That that, that is a really funny thing to put on a tombstone, and it's also a baller thing that his dad did. Like go yeah. down to the police station, give him this note, and that's a very trusting child because that note could say, "I have a bomb," and be like, I, yeah. "I'll show him." Yeah, it's 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 one of those back in the day you could just send your note. Send your child with a note and just bring back anything. Like I need a lead a, a liter of vodka. Is what I need. Yeah, it's a note. It's fine. But I, it's like I think there's I don't know much about Hitchcock, but I, there's clearly a sense of humor with this dude. He he does definitely have a sense of humor. This I would say is very much a film. Alfred Hitchcock is a big film director. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have tried to imitate Hitchcock through the years. A lot of people have tried to be Hitchcock, and it's really hard to do because if you try to imitate Hitchcock, unless you like nail it, you're gonna make like a shitty black and white movie. A lot of student films are like shitty black and white movies because they're like, well, that's what Hitchcock did. Mm-hmm. Hitchcock did this; it's gonna be incredible. So you just gotta really know what you're working with. I think Hitchcock is good. I think this is the only thing I've seen by Hitchcock. Honestly, I've oh, never you're se- missing out. I've never seen The Birds. Isn't uh is Rear Window Hitchcock? That's him. Uh North by Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um now I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Um uh, Vertigo. Okay. Yeah, there's Rope, Notorious, Dial M for Murder. Okay. Uh bunch bunch of movies. And it's it's just weird. What can you imagine like Quentin Tarantino walking around the set of of uh you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 
essentially spoiling the movie for the trailer. <laughs> yeah, well, like here's the, where, here's the scene. Uh, here's the scene where we're gonna, uh, where the cult's gonna come in, and, and, and we're gonna save Sharon Tate, uh, right but, in here. Uh, but it's like it's when you have the concept of like that celebrity director. There's not many like directors that you could even would know who they were. You know, I think Jordan Peele could do it. I think it'd be dope if Jordan Peele did it. I think he could do it for sure. I think uh, Martin Scorsese could do it. I think even Spielberg probably could. And that's like if you're like film buffs, usually you wouldn't know who what director did what, you know? I that that is correct. Like unless Steven Spielberg or George Lucas or or like a Martin Scorsese, which I just imagine Martin Scorsese just walking up like, and here's where the, where the characters are going to eat spaghetti. <laughs> and then there's a, a picture on the wall, and this one dog's looking this way, and the other dog's looking this way, and this guy says, what do you want from me? <laughs> you got to look for the X's. Every time you see an X, there's going to be a death nearby. Uh, this is where he gets stomped out by Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is the trunk. There was so much blood. There was so much blood because he was stabbed in the trunk. <laughs> but it's I, I just think, to, to put it in context of, like, to have a celebrity director, mm-hmm. like a guy that... Why, if you didn't know Ari Aster, why why would this guy be leading you around the set of <laughs> Midsummer? You know, like be like, is this a is this a Universal Studios tour? Who is yeah? This? Who is this nerd? You know, <laughs> is this the Jungle Voyage or the the, the, the Jungle Cruise at Disney World? Like, what is he doing right now? Why is he calling it Midsomar the whole time? <laughs> Does he not know how to read? Is he a special <laughs> hire? Uh, but uh, we, we, you know, she. So it's like fifty minutes in, and we Marion Crane gets killed. Yeah, this is one of those movies where not a lot happens in it. So sometimes we go like beat by beat for movies, like Science of the Lambs. You're kind of all over the place. But this is like the first part of the movie is her just like having the slowest speed car chase ever put to film. Like, and, they, a, and I, they you have a lot to of mileage out of that music too. Which I think is great. I think it's a great score, but it is this like there's a lot of. I think with Hitchcock, there's a lot of driving in movies. Of what I noticed watching, I've seen probably all the ones that people do say you should see. There's a lot of driving in them, and she switches the car in front of the cop. <laughs> like I don't, I don't understand. The cop is following her, but then she goes and switches out her car for another car. But the cop is then right there to watch her switch the car out. So it didn't really matter that she switched the car out, you know? It's like when you play Grand Theft Auto and you take it to the pay and spray. Like, the cops mm-hmm. can see you go in the garage, but when you come out, you're a different color, and that can't be you. No, that sounds like a brothel that would be in GTA Five <laughs> is a pay and spray. <laughs> pay and spray. Hey, hey, I will have you I will have you know the pay and spray is the, is the place to paint your car to get away from from the cops the pole position is a strip club in vice city okay get your gta locations correct you know i'm sorry i'm not up to my lore on the gta <laughs> you're a good christian boy that's true but we we get she's killed about 50 minutes in which i've not seen all the movies but i would assume that that's like one of the ones that's like hey the lady on the poster it's it's uh what's her face from scream yeah, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, which Psycho stole the idea to kill off the main lady. I know. I can't believe how they just, uh, I hate it. And we don't even see Vince Vaughn for a while. No, until uh, he's pounding off behind the wall. <laughs> 
I did want to watch that before this just to, but it's not streaming anywhere. And I Psycho is not streaming anywhere either. Did, how how do you watch it then? I had the password to my uh, Hitchcock box set, so it is streaming <laughs> on there. If you do have the the password. But uh, she she's killed. Let's talk about the shower scene. That's the, one of the highlights of the movie. Okay, okay. So let's just get into the shower scene. You just want to go right to it. You just want to get to it. Yeah, let's get to the meat and potatoes. I think the shower scene is iconic. It's built up because she briefly meets uh, Norman Bates before they have that weird conversation where he's like, "Well, you got to eat." And there's she's like, "I just want to go to bed. I'm tired." Mm-hmm. And then she's like taking a shower. He talks about, like, uh, the mother is a boy's best friend. We all go a little mad sometimes, et cetera, et cetera. And then she's just taking a shower. Uh, the most tittyless shower I've ever seen in my entire life. I didn't even get to see those sloped titties at all. <laughs> when you call them sloped titties, it sounds harsh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, where it's, my, it's, it's where me and my farmer bros go for skiing in Aspen. We're like, we're going to, we're going <laughs> to get them sloped titties. It sounds like what they named Hooters and, and Twin Peaks, like a guy that had the idea, but he wasn't good at naming things. Like, yeah, we'll call the restaurant Slope Titties. We're a, we're a ski resort town. They'll get it. They'll get it. We got the Bunny Hills, am I right? The Bunny Hills and the Slope Titties. Uh, but yeah, well, th- then that in that movie, 78, uh, 52, whatever it's called, I don't remember, that the documentary, they talked about, you know, you couldn't show much of anything. And what they did, you couldn't even show a woman's, uh, you know, midriff, the, the the ab area. But they got away with it in this movie for some reason because it was Hitchcock. And they don't show anything. You see a little silhouette titty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was hard to, it was hard to get off to, but I, I made it work. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you sent me the photos. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you've got to see this. If you just freeze it just right, you can almost see a shadow of a nipple. Uh, th- then they like they, they had the the body double in that documentary too, which she like that's like later that year was the cover of on Playboy, mm. and like you couldn't even show penetration. By that I mean stabbing people. So they got away with that in that scene too. And all they did was press the knife into her stomach and then play it backwards, so it looks like she got stabbed. Yeah, and that's um, one. That's a that's a fun fact that a lot of like film nerds will always say because this is like I said, this is a film. It's yeah. art. But a lot of film nerds will be like, "Well, you never actually see the knife go in, but the way Hitchcock shot it and the cuts, you your mind fills in the blanks and you see her get slaughtered in the shower." Mm-hmm. But we, we, you also say that about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Of course, you see a guy get hit in the head with a hammer and he shakes on the ground. <laughs> yeah. But like it does that in, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre because there's very little blood in that movie. That's like uh, an evolution of Psycho where you don't see anything, but we filled in the blanks, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, I do think like, yeah, the shower scene is iconic. It does go on for a really long time. Like you said, it was shorter. I thought it was longer. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I did watch a ninety-minute documentary about, so I figured it'd be longer. Uh, <laughs> but even in that documentary, they read that part from the book, which wasn't very long. Like they read it in the movie, so it couldn't have been that long. But it's like how he had so many cuts. And, you know, I'm not a huge film like, oh, can you believe that? But it was interesting to see what he did with that with that shot, you know. I think so, too. 
I think it's a very well shot scene, but then she's just there and like she pulls the curtain down and then like kind of slides out. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wow. And that must have been really shocking for audiences back in the 1960s to have like, well, I thought this girl was going to make it. What is this movie even about? I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be like a, a car, a cat and mouse game between uh, this, this this woman who's in love who wants to pay off her man's debts, which, by the way, she a real one for doing that. She mm-hmm. uh, she a ride or die kind of hoe. Uh, she got that. She, <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. She is a, she is a bottom bitch for show. She go hard. She got, the, <laughs> she got those 40 G's and was going to pay off her man's taxes as it should be. Mm. Uh, like she, she's willing to, and the whole time I, I asked producer wife, she's watch, watching it with me when she's driving and then it plays out in her head of, she took the money. We can't find her. There's voices of her boss. Did, was that her paranoia, or do you think that actually happened? I think it was her paranoia. I think it was because she like okay. pulls because she like pulls over on the side of the road, and that's when she meets the cop. And if mm-hmm. a cop ever pulls you over for sleeping on the side of the road, just tell them you're a road comic, and they'll be like, oh, "Your your life is much too yeah. sad. We yeah. you 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 can't pay this ticket." And then you give them a little bit of attitude, and you say, "Am I being detained?" <laughs> Am I being detained? And then I, I say no. <laughs> I only have to roll my window down two inches, enough to slide these documents through. I don't answer questions. <laughs> Which I feel like makes them more mad. I feel yeah, like it if does. You, I feel like if you just, listen, I'm, listen, I'm not going to, I don't want to get too off topic here, but, but there's a police officer in this movie. Imagine if, because she doesn't want to give her license either. She's like, do you need my, my license? He's like, yeah. And if yeah. she just starts saying, am I being detained? He'd be like, well, I guess now you are, I guess. <laughs> Uh, this conversation's conversation is starting to taste like boots to me. <laughs> Listen, yeah. all I know is I backed the blue on the back of my Ford F-150. I got the Punisher skull with the thin blue line on it because that says I know my comic books and I love the police. I didn't know I was doing a podcast with a goddamn bootlicker over here. <laughs> All I'm saying is next <laughs> there was a there was a photo on the internet that was like next time you don't like cops, next time you got a problem, call a crackhead. <laughs> yeah, I mean what well, that's not the complete opposite of a of a cop is a crackhead, I guess, on the grand scheme of There's things. other people you can call. I know you're using hyperbole to prove a point, but like you could call somebody else if you if you don't trust the police, you could call maybe yeah. a, a fireman. Or like your cousin Dale, maybe to take care of business. My you cousin know? Dale's a crackhead though, so that kind of works out. <laughs> Dale, I need a crackhead for this. I'm being detained. <laughs> Am I being detained? Like I don't know, Mr. Are crackhead. You, are you being detained? I don't know. I'm just real itchy right now. Got any crack? Got any? Let me get a ten spot. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, Norman Bates? Uh, real mama's boy. That one. Yeah. Like very what anytime somebody calls their mom mother, something's going on. Yeah. Are are like, we are we are we are we gonna there's only one person I know who currently calls anybody mother in the public and, and that he is, looks like an old Norman Bates. <laughs> and that is my vice president <laughs> in chief, Michael Pence. He Mike Pence does look like Norman Bates. <laughs> like Yeah. Just very but 
the way like Norman Bates is, we've we've all met. Like he looks like he was homeschooled, right? He acts mm-hmm. like he was homeschooled. Oh, for sure. You were homeschooled. You know, you game recognized game, right? right. Recognized game. Mother is a boy's best friend. I also dress up like my mom and stab uh, people in my hotel. That's true. Why? <laughs> I was going to ask why you were doing that <laughs> for this episode, of course, for this episode. But it's like Norman is so awkward. Like if just to like. It's yeah. Who doesn't like their mom? But to like put her up on a pedestal and be weird about it, where mm-hmm. it's like it's a guy who never has left home. Really, we've met you every once in a while. You meet a guy who like still lives with mother, yeah, but not for like reasons to help her out. It's just because he didn't leave. You know? Oh yeah, there was a dude who I grew up next to, and I didn't know their family very well, but. This was, like, in the 90s, and this dude who was, like, in his mid-20s, early 30s, like, lived at home still. And it's like, Mm -hmm. why don't you want to, like, leave or have a relationship or not worry about waking up your parents if you want to, like, do anything? What do you mean, do anything? I don't know, you know. Knock the bottom out of it? (laughs) What? You were going to say finger pop. I was going to say finger pop, actually, because I'm a gentleman. It but could then be I was first, like, knock the be, bottom out of it. <laughs> it could be a first date. On the first date, you can't what is it, take knock the bottom out of it. Uh, you, gotta, you can't. You got you to work, work up to hey, it. You got to finger producer pop. wife, come in here. <laughs> come in here. <laughs> he is now knocking the bottom out of his wife on, on the <laughs> webcam. Um <laughs> If you want to be a Patreon subscriber, you can see him knock the bottom out his his woman right now. OnlyFans.com slash they're coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna cuck Gavin, even though I can just, you watch you watching it wouldn't really make you a cuck. <laughs> What's weird too is I could just leave. I'm not in the same room. I'm on a webcam several no, hours you away. Can't leave. I'm you in, can't leave. Uh, it's Hotel California. I'm complacent. <laughs> <laughs> Your sexual relationship is oh, don't you can check in, but you can't check out. <laughs> this movie is art. Why are we making it such filth? Well, I mean, uh, Norman uh, is does uh, with the animals. What's that called? Taxidermy. Uh, taxidermy. Then comes into play later mm-hmm. with mother. But it's it's weird to think like how good this dude is at voices, where yeah. she she hears Norman getting yelled at by mother, and it's a really other distinct voice. Of mm-hmm. course it is, but if I was like, uh, "Mother, I'm going to feed this guest." No, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to feed. Like if I did a different voice, you wouldn't. I'm no Frank Caliendo is what I'm saying. Like, how good was this dude at voices? Norman Bates was a regular Jeff Dunham. When he goes, mother, I'm going to the store. And he's like, jalapeno on a stick. <laughs> I kill you. <laughs> You're like, why is your mother a racist caricature, Norman Bates? <laughs> Ay, Dios mio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say you want now. <laughs> <laughs> M- mother, she's dead. Ay, Dios mio. <laughs> on a stick. Somehow she turns Hispanic, <laughs> a, a Hispanic man. <laughs> but this this guy is like a glass of milk. If, if glass of milk was a person, like just can't escape. And then we find out later in the movie that his mom's been dead for ten years, and so is her boyfriend. 
and and we you know didn't he he killed them right yeah it was a murder suicide i hate it when mom brings a new boyfriend around probably named like ron or something mm-hmm. you just coming to- back to the sack <laughs> Just, I know your dad died, but um, I'm the one knocking the bottom out your mom now. <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, if uh, it was like those two, it was Beavis and Butthead's dad from Beavis and Butthead Do America. <laughs> like the skeeziest people that were dating Mrs. Uh, uh, Mrs. Bates. Yeah. Oh, God. Just... The, you've got the guy. You've got the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street about the sack. Yeah, you've got yeah. Frank Cotton from Hellraiser, just <laughs> like Julia. Bring me more men. Norma, where's my sandwich? <laughs> so, and they're like, "Uh oh, well, who did I hear? What happened?" Because that's because that's when um, Janet Lee's sister, uh, Marion Crane's sister, Lila Crane. Goes looking, she goes to, to Sam Loomis like, where's the money? The money's missing, my my sister's missing. What's going on? He's like, well, I don't know anything about this. Then they mm-hmm. bring in um, a private investigator who is Detective Milton Arbogast, which Arbogast is like the most 1960s name they could have pulled out of their ass. And then the, the sheriff, he says, what's his name? And he's Arbogast. And then he gets it completely wrong after hearing it. <laughs> like, not even, it's close, but it's... Uh, Ar- Ar- what I don't remember what he says. But uh, this guy's snooping around, and he seems to be a good detective. He's kind of getting down to the bottom of it. Yeah, but then isn't he a little bit of a dirty cop? Isn't he a little bit dirty? Probably, well, who, who isn't? Yeah, it's nineteen. I'm a dirty cop. <laughs> you're, you're a dirty cop. I don't back your yeah. blue. <laughs> uh, but like, can we talk about this? I'll, we'll, we'll talk about my favorite kill, and it's oh. uh, Detective Arbogast. Yeah, Arbogast goes to the house. He's exploring. He's looking around. Then all of a sudden, he gets hit by a. a he's on top, the top of the stairs, and you see a shadowy woman mm-hmm. wink mm-hmm. Uh, come out of nowhere and like stab him. Overhead then, kill. Overhead kill. Go ahead and talk about it. I just what the I of course I saw this movie and I knew hey she's gonna get killed in the shower. It's hard to see this movie fresh and not know that. But I thought this kill was so cool just from being overhead and then having him fall down the steps in only a way you could do in 1960 where you can't, you're just not going to push a dude down the steps, you know, <laughs> where it's like green screened or whatever it was back in the day. But I think I just love this kill. This is my favorite kill in the movie. Okay. Spoilers for our favorite kills, but whatever. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll change it. You don't know maybe. what will be the best I, kill. Okay, so I think it's cool. I think it's very kind of like that. It's kind of like like the Vertigo shot in Jaws a little bit. It's mm-hmm. got that surrealism. I didn't even know did they do it as a green screen as a, as an effect. I don't know how they did it. Hitch, his he just he's magic. They threw that man down the stairs. <laughs> they did. Yeah, he died shortly after filming. If this was uh, who did The Shining? Who was that crazy? Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick would have again. Thrown, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick would have thrown poor what's her face down. Shelley Duvall. He would have been like, throw her down the stairs. Stanley, I'm hurt again. <laughs> it's not funny what he did to her, but it's nine. like throw her down the stairs and keep doing. No, I can't. And there's uh, a whole crew around that doesn't say a goddamn thing about it. <laughs> complacent, complacent they are. But it, that's it, my. F- yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I just, I just, that's my favorite kill because, you know, 
rarely do you see an overhead shot of a kill like that. Is there? Can you think of something else that has an overhead kill like that? Not really. Not. The, I mean, I, I'm sure if I thought hard and yeah, long I'm sure about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just I. I thought it was just very unique, especially for that time. To why is it overhead and she comes out and you don't. You, you know, it looks like a woman. You can't tell that mm-hmm. it's, of course, Norman. Mm-hmm. And in that shower scene, they, like, black the, the person's face out because that's how you get that silhouette because they, other, if they didn't do that, then you could just see, oh, it's him. You all, know? I, all I heard was Anthony Perkins did blackface. That's all I heard he you did. just say. But it was for Mother. <laughs> <laughs> and in that documentary, they, uh, they, uh, they said what kind of – they brought a whole bunch of melons to the set – and I'm not talking about slope titties. <laughs> yeah, and they, they did. stabbed. They stabbed it, and and he listened to what was the best melon. So I guess it's cassaba melon, which I don't even know what that is. So wait, it was so, so to get for the, sound the, effect, sta- the stabbing sound. Yeah. Oh, he stabbed the the the, the finest melons. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it was a, it was a melon and part of a, a a sirloin steak, which then the sound guy took home and ate that night. I guess. Oh, nice. What do we yeah. like? He ate the steak and fucked the melon. <laughs> hey, you popped that thing in the microwave. <laughs> oh, again, this classic movie ruined by our yeah. filth, one hundred percent. But then, yeah, because Arbogast, Arbogast, gets, gets killed, and then you're like, well, who's gonna fucking survive this movie? Yeah, nobody. Everybody's keep on walking through. Then you've got Lila and Sam who show up to the house. And what when when I say that like a lot of nothing happens in this, there's a lot of downtime in this movie. A lot of like he does kill Marion Crane, and then we do watch him in real time hide the body and put the body like push a car into the swamp. And you're like, Alfred, I know what you're doing, man. But this is we gotta. Put it in the just do a jump cut to him pushing it in the car, pushing it in the it, in the swamp. It's like you 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 do see that in Scream later, where Drew Barrymore the I don't know how twenty minutes she's gone in twenty minutes. Yeah, Hitchcock spends fifty minutes, and you know advertises that she's the main the main broad. Uh, I think it's what he said. Yeah, but it, it's mm-hmm. like you see the the evolution of that kind of thing where it's we know it's Drew Barrymore supposed to be the lead, and she's gone pretty quick. But with this movie, you you could space it out and give her fifty minutes. You know, it's just it's interesting to see that evolution from this movie to Scream. It also didn't help that I did bring up TikTok while watching this movie, where it's like if this doesn't grip me in the literal first second, I'm swiping away. I think that's somebody's fault, and that somebody's you. That prob that that one hundred percent is my fault. I am very very sorry that it is my fault. Um, but you know what? It, sometimes it happens, man. It just happens. What, what about the scene with, uh, is it, was it Lila? Mm-hmm. What the sister, when she's walking around mother's room and it's like, you see the indent of her in the bed and yeah, just nothing's been touched, which, uh, apparently was the same way with Ed Gein's mom. Like she's dead and nothing has been changed in the room. Is that the butcher of Plainfield? Yeah. Ed Gein. Mm, I don't perfect. know if you knew that. <laughs> um, it, it is very weird to just be like, how long has she been laying there? That's The memory foam only has so much before it pops back. And if you just have like a mummified corpse in there constantly, you're like, he's she's been there for a minute. Yeah, it's it, 
it's just creepy to know that the whole time she's been dead and he's been going up there and wearing her clothes and presumably tucking back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is the untucked season of the podcast. (laughs) Nothing but tucking in. Um, I will say I do. It's just very creepy because then you're putting two and two together. You're like, well, why is there an ending of of, of a body there? Is is he sleeping with his mother? Um, Also, we have not mentioned this and I feel like this does play in. Did you ever watch Bates Motel, the TV yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, I did. I never watched it. Is it how close is it? Does it like portray the relationship as weird, or how to, or does it kind of like retell it? There's a lot of scenes in Bates Motel where it's, I think, what Freddie Hightower and then uh, Vera Farmiga, is it Vera, Vera Farmiga, yeah, where they're they're like, I'm only on camera. They're like this close to just be to open mouth kissing. It's a very weird, sexually uh, tense relationship, and then sometimes they will like spoon each other in the bed. Mm. But it's not in a sexual way. But it's also like this could if if somebody just puts a tongue on a neck, then it's sexual, you know. But I mean, have you seen Vera Farmiga? I have, you know. Yeah, I'd like to conjure some, I don't know I can't, I can't think anything like I'd that. like to conjuring three her slope titties <laughs> hey again when you say it it sounds harsh stop saying it I'm sorry I'm sorry women I'm sorry women who listen to this podcast and support us I, uh, I just think we lost eight Patreon subscribers right now I was curious about how that show played into it I heard it was very good it is, and it'll be a recommend at the end of the the episode. God, it's everything away so early. I'm sorry, sorry, man. I'm I'm Alfred Hitchcock walking around this <laughs> podcast, just giving it away. And then Gavin's gonna make a joke that's vaguely sexual. Like, stop <laughs> no, it, Hitch. There's, stop there's no it, vague Hitch to it. <laughs> How do you feel about the setup of the Bates Motel in the house? Because I think it's such a simple setting, but that house that uh, you could. You you could just put that silhouette of that house up, and people would know what it is. Do you think so? I think so. I probably after seeing it recently, I would see. I could see it. I I would need like the vacancy sign to give it away for me. Mm-hmm. But I, it's so cool to have like the hotel, and or the motel rather, and then like the house on the hill, just yeah. kind of like. If I was staying at a motel and I saw like there's oh it's also attached to a creepy house, I'd be like I'm not going up there. I'm gonna stay away from there. Well, and you know you've you've done the road uh, as a comic, but then also just traveling and and I think they're less common now. But there's tons of uh, Bates motels. Yeah, everywhere it's just like a row of of motels, and they're not anything special. But it's it's I would imagine it would be hard to stay in something like that and not just call it the Bates Motel, you know. I would agree with that, and I think there are some Bates Motels probably across the United States. It's like bed and breakfasts or whatever to pay homage mm-hmm. to the movie. I don't know if the Bates Motel is like a is it a real place I think that was on a lot on whatever uh, the, the movie the, lot. I don't the remember Universal Studios lot. Yeah, yeah. I think that that was, that was on the tour people have taken. Okay. Um. But there, there was an interest. I listened to this uh, interview with William uh, Freakin' Weekend, R.I.P., because yeah. he just died. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. And he I told did. a story about how he met, met Hitchcock, and he was directing s- some movie, 
uh, Freakin was, and he was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and Hitchcock was notorious, one of his movies, for uh, wearing a suit and tie, and all he said to William Freakin was, uh, uh, us directors uh, tend to dress up, and that's all he said, and then walked away. So then when uh, William Freakin won, I don't know for what movie, The Exorcist or The Conversation, whatever it was, he walks up to him at this award show and he goes, uh, remember me or whatever, he, like shoves it in his face and Hitchcock didn't even remember uh, <laughs> who he was, but he's like shoved it in Hitchcock's face that he wasn't dressed up or That's whatever. funny. I respect that. I respect that level of pettiness to be like, hey, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to – I don't care. I love when people get, like, that petty revenge. Like, I'm wearing shorts, and I want an Oscar. Yeah. Did, did you – have you ever heard interviews with William Friedkin? I have not. Where they'll just ask him, and he'll be like, I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. He'll just say things like – it's like a, a shoot interview for wrestlers, if, <laughs> if you're into that. Like, he'll just tell you he doesn't care about that thing. Be like <laughs> – I wonder, does he ever bring up people out of nowhere to like shit on them? Because that's, because that that's why I want to be like William Friedkin. He's like, yeah, one time I was uh, working on The Exorcist. And fuck Alfred Hitchcock. Because that's what I need. Uh, he did in the interview with uh, Mick Garris. Uh, he he's like he kept calling it uh, Exorcist Two, the Harry Tick. He just <laughs> hated that. He did did what Donald Trump does to people's names. He just. <laughs> picked a, a nickname for it it's clear that he did not like the exorcist too my uh just completely off topic but you brought up wrestling shoot interview so i just uh, say my favorite thing in the entire world um anytime anybody interviews bret hart bret the hitman mm -hmm. hart he goes out of his way to shit on the wrestler goldberg because yeah. goldberg kicked him in his head and concussed him you could be like Hey, Bret Hart, how's it going today? Be like, good, good. What's the weather like? Well, it's pretty, uh, it's kind of hot today because fucking Goldberg. <laughs> you're like, what? I mean, and in all fairness, he did end his career, but also nobody asked you about Bill Goldberg, Bret. Like, it's so funny because there's always like a topic on of the internet, and they're like, Bret Hart says that he's looking forward to the Royal Rumble, and also not that big old piece <laughs> of shit, Bill Goldberg. It's that it's that friend that you have that unsolicited he's like yeah I'm, I'm over ashley i don't even think about her anymore and it's like you brought it up you're yeah. clearly not over ashley yeah so i i but love i'm that over that you. bitch i don't give a fuck i know i don't, I, I won't, I don't need her i won't bring her up <laughs> well good don't because i think she's a uh a tramp her bottom's still knocked out buddy <laughs> <laughs> uh but what what else about the uh, about psycho it's good it's just really yeah. boring. It's, it's a little bit of a boring movie. I'll, I'll say that. It was hard to get through because it's like old. I don't want to seem like. I'm you were a... on TikTok watching the goddamn movie, Gavin. <laughs> we're... This is your fault. It is slow. It's slow. <laughs> were but... you on your phone while watching? No, I was watching the movie. Are you, were you? I was on a stair climber. No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't streaming, so I couldn't watch it at the gym. But <laughs> it is a DVD slow. Player. Yeah, I have a little mini one. Uh, I backed up my minivan into the gym and watched it. Uh, I, it is a slow movie. So if, if that's not your thing, I, I completely understand. But I think it's good. But I think it, it's just a symptom of where we are now in our in our culture of it's got to be quick and now. And yeah. these old movies, it just doesn't happen that quickly. And I, it, I, I still respect it. I, I don't want to 
by any means say it's a bad movie. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's just so slow and so black and white. And I don't I don't <laughs> mind black and white movies, but it's like it's it's slow, but it's good and the and the per- Anthony Perkins gives an incredible performance. They all give mm-hmm. incredible performances. And we get to the ending where Lila puts everything together and she goes to like the 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 basement or whatever the the fruit cellar the the fruit cellar where they find the mummified body and honestly good on Norman Bates like he really showed his taxidermy skills by being able to mummify his mother the first time you saw that were you kind of surprised that they sh- they showed that much of mother cuz like i would have suspected back in the day they wouldn't have shown it dead body in that manner because the first time i saw it i was like god damn they actually showed this body it's a lot it is but alfred hitchcock he does what he wants he'll do whatever he he wants and he'll sweat his ass off in a suit while doing it what a silhouette this man cut yeah god and that is he's like he really does have a good silhouette he really took his rotund stomach and was like i'm gonna stand sideways and everybody's gonna know that's alfred hitchcock's tum-tum it, it, it there's no when you call somebody rotund there's no way around that word oh i know it's yeah it's just like like if you said rotund you just instantly think of william howard taft <laughs> or, or hitchcock you hitchcock know? is stuck in a bathtub uh one thing that freaked me out though is as i get older time becomes I don't, it, time just kind of fucks with me a little bit. Like, think about how yeah. long I've been alive and, like, Freddy vs. Jason came out 20 years ago and we saw that in mm-hmm. theaters. Um, Alfred Hitchcock was born. Do you know what year he was born? No, please tell me. 1899. Ugh, just. Like, like that's crazy to think that he was born before the year 1900. Mm-hmm. J- yeah, just still, like. You could find some shit from the Civil War, even though he's not from the United States. Yeah. To put it in context, you know, and then to be one of the most influential directors, even in that the the shower scene documentary, they did a a huge montage of every movie or a lot of them that have talked that have recreated the shower scene. And my favorite was Bugs Bunny and uh, Looney Tunes back back in action when he somehow dies in the shower and then he pours chocolate sauce in the oh, yeah. tub. Yeah. Of course it was, you know, the blood was chocolate sauce, but to be that, like that influential of a director when you were, weren't, it wasn't even 1900 when you were born, you know, mm-hmm. of course they, they, they find the mummified body. Um, the, the lover, Sam Loomis comes in and just beats him down and like pulls the wig off. And you see Anthony Perkins just completely unhinged wearing that dress that they mm-hmm. make Funko pops of and movie maniacs figures of. Um, it's, I love that in most of the episodes we're like, that's the scene where, where they make the toy of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have it right over my shoulder. Like yeah, I have I that it. figure. I've you know? got it behind me. I think they make a Funko. Yeah. They do make a Funko pop of it as well. So, Name something, they make a Funko of it, Gavin. Yes. There's so many Funkos. I know, I know. It's like, there's so many. Name a Funko. It'd be harder I, to name something that's not a Funko, actually. I have right over there on my shelf, it's Bret Hart talking shit about <laughs> Bill Goldberg Funko Pop. <laughs> if you compliment, you're like, that's a really good Funko Pop, Bret Hart. It's better than fucking Goldberg. Reckless <laughs> fuck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, like... They they find it was kind of you know kind of a, when I first saw it shocking to see mother that yeah. way and he's carrying her dead body around and you hear the voice 
Mm. It you know like no man like what a I I would have killed her that yeah. nagging so and so yeah so then you have the the scene that is I will say the ending scene is the weirdest scene but we'll get to where the the psychologist is talking about like he thinks he is mother he killed his mother and he killed her lover and then he started hearing her voices and he became mother and they're like well is he a transvestite and they're like no no he he's not. <laughs> He was very, they're very woke back in the day. In the I know. 1960s. He's like, he's like, whoa, no, 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 that's not cool. His it pronouns, wasn't sexual. His pronouns are he, his pronouns are he slash mother. <laughs> Emphasis on the slash. Oh. Um, yeah. Like that, the, at the end you get a lot of stuff that the audience probably could have inferred, mm-hmm. but the, you know, and it, it for a guy that deliver delivers such important information. That's the first time we see him as a character. You know? <laughs> I, I think he should show up in every movie and explain it. Like just the, a second <laughs> at the end of Jaws, like, smile, you son of a bitch, and like <laughs> the shark explodes and he like swims over. He's like, he put an oxygen tank in his mouth and shot it. The pressure made it explode. He's just like he's waiting on it. He's like, all right, my job here is done. You see, to... Rosebud was a sled from his childhood, <laughs> and it was a sign of his lost youth and in- innocence. You see, Bruce Willis, he's been dead the whole time. <laughs> I know we're showing you right now. He couldn't open the door. The door changed. The door, he died. No, you'd think everybody was talking to him, but you never saw him talk to him. You made some assumptions, didn't you? All right, until next time. I've been Mr. Spoiler. <laughs> Mr. Obvious. Uh, yeah, then, you know, then you get that shot of Norman just sitting there and then he puts his head down and he lifts it back up and you almost get that Kubrick stare there. Mm -hmm. And then it just ever so slightly, you see like a skeleton on his face. That's very cool. And then it cuts to them pulling a car slowly out of a swamp and you're like, we didn't Mm -hmm. need that. I don't know why we did that. There's a lot of it at the, in that movie where you, you don't need, but I think it's back in the 1960. You're gonna get it. I still think it's you know a pretty good movie. You know, I think I think it's a pretty good movie too. I I just wish to like end on him having a skull for a face, not them pulling a car out of a swamp with the words "the end." Yeah, but that's how they did it back. They had to let people know, otherwise they just keep sitting in the theater. <laughs> people back then were real dumb. They were lemmings. You Is it over? <laughs> <laughs> I've been ne- sitting in the dark for 45 minutes. I think they're playing the next picture. There was a thing when they played in theaters that they would have over the speakers Hitchcock saying nobody would be admitted after the start of the movie. Like... So not some like gimmicks to get you in the theater per se, but you know, you don't, you're not going to see again, Ari Aster coming over the speaker recording <laughs> guys, no bear costumes or whatever, you know, like, <clears throat> listen, if you, if you come into the end of this movie, you're going to be very confused to why everybody's thrusting a man's ass into an, another woman. <laughs> Um, but I mean, are, are we are we finished talking about this? Do we have any other thoughts on it? I think it's I think it's a good movie. It's not one that I want to watch all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I I would be interesting to watch the remake because I hear that people hate it and it's not very good. I heard it's shot for shot. But then also when you do 
I guess if since it's black and white, it's kind of updated. But sometimes when you do a shot for shot thing, what are you really doing? Why don't we just watch the original? You know? Yeah, you gotta bring your own little spin to it if you're gonna do a, a remake. But of course, like Alfred Hitchcock is a legend. I should watch more Hitchcock. I don't know. I just feel like. I want to get into Hitchcock, but I'm afraid that if I get into Hitchcock, I'll be like all the people who annoy me. And so it's kind of like uh, Hitchcock is there. There's a lot of gatekeepers for him. And once mm-hmm. you kind of like, you've never seen Rear Window 15 times yet. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. I haven't. I have not you, seen it yet. You need Hitchcock. You need <laughs> like abbreviated versions of stuff of his, but on TikTok. Him just with the birds. <laughs> Just like, yeah. huh? Hmm? What's going on? Yeah, if, if you thought this was slow, I don't know. I mean, you will probably like the rest of his movies, but also you're going to think they're slow as well. Okay. Okay. Um, did you have any fun facts for us? Nope. Okay, cool. I did have one. Okay. I have one. Mm-hmm. I actually, I, I, I have two fun facts here from IMDb. Uh, when the cra- when the when the crast when the ca- can't talk Billy mm. getting on my t- tongue tied when the cast and crew began work on the first day they had to raise their right hands and promise to not divulge one word of the story Alfred Hitchcock also withheld the ending part of the script from the cast until he needed to shoot it that makes sense why you know why would people do that you know but think about it it's 1960 you're like don't go. Do not go to Twitter and let people know the ending of what's going to happen. And then, well, that, go ahead. No, go ahead. And the 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 author of Psycho, I guess, got fucked on the rights for Psycho. Yeah, where he he made pretty much nothing compared to what was the uh, the haunting of Hill House, which then became the haunting that same year. The, uh, Shirley Jackson made so much money, and he got screwed on the on what he made mm-hmm. for selling his rights. <clears throat> yeah, he's he he bought the rights. He, the guy who wrote the book only pay, got like nine thousand dollars. Was it Morgan Housel? I'm seeing uh, director Alfred Hitchcock bought the rights to the novel anonymously from Robert Bloke for only that's right for only nine thousand dollars. <clears throat> he then bought up as many copies of the novel as he could to keep the ending a secret. I mean, it's uh, with like The Shining. It's like you take a great book and make it a good, mo- great movie. You know, like so many people's stuff is t- like the source material is already there. Why not yeah. just make it into a movie? You know. Mm-hmm. And what, then this what was your other thing. And then this is a really fun one here. After this movie's release, Alfred. Uh, sorry, Sir Alfred Hitchcock. I didn't know he was knighted. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know. He's yeah. uh, joins the ranks with Sir Anthony Hopkins and then. Sir uh, Jody Foster. And Sir Beef. Uh, yeah. After this movie's release, Sir Alfred Hitchcock received an angry letter from the father of a girl who refused to have a bath after seeing Diabolic in 1955 and now refused to shower after seeing this movie. Hitchcock sent a note back simply saying, send her to the dry cleaners. <laughs> See, the guy's funny. He's funny. He is. <clears throat> He's a rotund, funny man. Rotund, and like even to show a toilet in a in a movie was crazy. It's so crazy to like cut from like showing the first time you see a toilet and psycho. I don't know if that was the first time. Then fast forward to Harry shitting in a toilet and (laughs) and, uh, dumb and dumber and dumb and dumber. Like how far we've come history. Am I right? There's shit all over the bathroom. There's shit everywhere. (laughs) 
But like just back in the day when you put it in 1960s context of this was the first time a lot of people saw a lot of stuff in on screen was in this movie. Oh yeah. Um so one thing we we have to ask is is this movie scary? No. I don't think so like, either. I, I don't think even for the time like I don't know how for the time it was even scary either. I think the scariest part is just not like necessarily the kills, but to think of like there's a crazy guy that dresses up as his mother mm-hmm. and is going to kill. Because like even the the brief shots when you see Norman as mother, it is off putting to me to see a man in a dress. No, uh, but like <laughs> I don't just like see- it. It's not natural. We we just saw him the whole movie just being clean cut and and a glass of milk essentially, and then to see him wield a knife dress up as a woman is kind of shocking to me at least he's gonna need to work on his look before going on drag race because that is not gonna (laughs) leave the audience gagged um they're gonna be he's gonna get sent home very quickly uh i think it's i i don't think it's scary i think it's good i think it's good it's just not one that that i want to like this is not this is the antithesis of a party movie you do not put this on at a party unless no. you're having a very unless everyone in the in the party is wearing it's wearing fedoras and a scarf that's true actually try to out trivia each other at did, this. You, did you know janet lee did you know that janet lee wore a white bra because he wanted to show her as angelic <laughs> and her daughter her her daughter is 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 I don't remember her name. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Jamie, yeah, because Which, ja- because Janet Lee was married to Bill Curtis of Forensic Files. That's Tony Curtis, you idiot. <laughs> Actually, um, well, then in H two O, we'll we'll cover Halloween H two O eventually. She's in there. Yeah, uh, Janet Lee with the car from Psycho. Yeah. Which no, but which I wonder if she had to go through the process of like selling a car for seven hundred dollars. <laughs> I will. I know we're, we're we're wrapping up here, but I did write a note about it was the most awkward car salesman interaction of all time. Like, just take the car seven hundred dollars. Like, well, you don't want to see the paperwork? No, just fucking make the sale. And he's like, well, I got I got I got a quota to meet. Again, I I've been at a dealership for hours trying <laughs> to get this fucking deal done. On a car, or whatever. Again, and then the guy's like, "Here's 40 G's. Give me a house." Like back in the day, you could just do that, you know. Yeah, but times they are changing for sure. Thank you, Bob Dylan. Yeah, you're very, you're very welcome. Uh, what What was your oh shit moment in this movie? Oh shit moment, probably seeing the mummy. Mm-hmm. Seeing the mummy, My, mommy. Yeah, the the mummy, mom. Mine is seeing mother, and then in. With with Norman running into the fruit cellar because he almost doesn't look like Norman. His face is so crazy, you know. Yeah, got that crazy face. And we already talked about your favorite kill. Oh, it changed. My favorite kill is actually <clears throat> overhead on the steps. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> it's the same kill. I think for me, my favorite kill's got to be the shower scene. It's it is iconic. That noise is like mm-hmm. just. Every time you're in the shower, you think somebody's going to come in and stab you because of this movie. It's it's just it's it, it is iconic in every way. So, I know you like your man falling down the stairs. It's got to yeah. be the shower scene for me. When when you uh, are home alone and you take a shower, do you have a lock on your door first off, and do you lock the door if you're home alone taking a shower? I don't lock the door. I feel pretty safe at home, 
But there have been times when I was like, I don't, I don't feel safe where I'm at. At one time, I it wasn't because of this movie, but I did buy a clear shower curtain. What? Why? Why can't I see through the shower so I can see who's coming in the door? <laughs> and I always, I have a shower gun that I keep <laughs> on the little caddy with my VO VO five, my Vidal Sassoon, and got, my, my Beretta. <laughs> It's really awkward when you like grab the wrong one because you got soap in your eyes. Yeah, you're like, oh, what am I doing? Pop, pop, pop. You're like, oh no. Uh, so- sorry, I was doing a shower pop. <laughs> this L'Oreal Kid shampoo got got some kick to it today. This shampoo's no more tears, but this gun ain't. <laughs> um. Okay. What we- uh, yeah, we did best kill. Uh, if you like Psycho, what should you check out, Gavin? Uh, probably more Alfred Hitchcock shit, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm just going to recommend a bunch of old-timey things. Just mm-hmm. like Steamboat Willie. Uh, Steamboat, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to think about. The, um, I, I'll, I, I'll go. I have some. Go ahead. Uh, I would say, you know, if you like Hitchcock and you like this movie, see all the big movies that he, uh, like, I my favorite of his is Rear Window with all Jimmy Stewart Oh, okay. But the the birds is horror. Um, I like those two. Watch Bates Motel, the the show. If you or if you're into this story, um, also uh, American Psycho. Okay. Watch that movie. Watch Batman the animated series with the, the episodes with Scarface the puppet. Mm. That's kind of the same thing. And I'm sure there are others, but what else would you say, Gavin? I mean, I think Silence of the Lambs, of course. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, of course. Um, and then, I don't know. The Haunting. I would say The Haunting, The Old Haunting, the what we just talked about. Okay. If you like, where it's like scary movies, but nothing really happens in them. Yeah. The Haunting is that. Yeah. Uh, What's the Vincent Price one? Dracula. Uh, Haunting of Hill House. Or no, the yeah. House on Haunted Hill or whatever yeah. it is. Sorry, I don't that know why one. I said Dracula. I was like, Bella Lugosi? Do you mean that guy? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, you're you're essentially a random... Th- if I said Bret Hart and Bill Goldberg, you'd be like... <laughs> Bella Lugosi. Uh, Lon Chaney? <laughs> Just, no, not even close. But uh, yeah. Anything else? Um, I think that's going to do it. So, we have a decision to make. Okay. Because on the schedule, we've had requested by some Patreons. We haven't really done any foreign horror, have we? It's all been American. It's all been in English. The way it should be. Yes. The way it should be, because this is the USA, Freedom Fries. But we've been recommended uh, to watch some French horror, some French extreme horror. We? We? We oui, wee oui, yeah. baguette. So <laughs> we have a couple options here. High tension. Mm-hmm. We've got m- frontiers. Okay. Or martyrs. I heard. I heard martyrs is very brutal. I think. Yeah. You want to do and martyrs? I've never seen it. I was going to say high tension. I don't. Okay. I don't know the stories of any of these really. Okay. I've been wanting to watch high tension and martyrs. I don't know the middle one. Okay. I would. I'm going to vote uh, high tension. Okay, I will do high. I will also do high tension. Okay, because it'd be I, weird if we watched different movies and then <laughs> talked about them. <laughs> okay, I have high tension on DVD, so that that works out. 
Okay, I'll have to see if it's streaming. If not, I'll look it out on my Voodoo account. I'll mail you my DVD. I'll okay. be like, I'll let you borrow it. Go go to a library. Library. Uh, Ta- hey, listener, take a risk with this. If you've never even heard of this movie or watched it and you don't like subtitles, this is not going to be for you, I think. I can't but wait wa- to see Watch the- this with us. I'm the numbers guy of us, so I, I can't wait to see. They're like, oh, they did a popular movie. They, they did Psycho. They did Signs of the Lambs. Getting those numbers up. They're like, high tension. High tension. Actually, ho tension, if you want to do the original French. Oh, I'm definitely into ho tension. <laughs> hot. Hot. Like <laughs> oh, Terra Hot. No, then I'm off. It's Terra Hot. I'm out. <laughs> Terra Haute Tension. Terra Haute uh, Tension. Oh, no. Okay. I think it's meth. Uh, so we're going to watch uh, High Tension next week. Be sure to watch that before you you listen next week. Uh, of course, would love to have you as a Patreon subscriber over at patreon.com slash they're coming to get you. We've got four, four bonus episodes up right now. We drop all the episodes uh, early. So if you want to, we drop them before the weekend. These usually come out on Monday, but they've been going up usually on Friday. So you got like a whole oh, weekend to enjoy if you're going on a road trip somewhere. Um, would love to have you over there. Um, we're going to, at some point, do some sort of merch or some kind of like little give back to you. So you want to be a Patreon for that. And yeah, just follow me at on YouTube, Gavin Loves Horror, or on X at or Twitter at Gavin Horror, Instagram Gavin Horror. Brent, what you got? Brentcomedy.com. I do stand up on the road and I do the field trip with Brent Terhune. Gavin's been on a bunch of episodes. You've been on uh, the Pokemon Phenomenon, mm-hmm. was one episode, and you, we did a bunch of MTV Cribs look back recaps. So that's all on there. Uh, so, yeah. So perfect. So we'll be back next week with high tension. Brent, take us out. They're coming to get you, mother. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, 